Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Prime Defective Podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is Jared. Caldor Joy, Jared. Whoa! 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 Even t- it took me a second to remember what I was supposed to say there. <laughs> True just rolls off the tongue. Joel, Caldor Joy does. Yeah, Joe Lantrue does. Joe Lantrue and Caldor Joy to you, Brian. Thank you, sir. And whatever dumb holidays Neelix comes up with on his planet. <laughs> Probably called Happy Vislexia. <laughs> uh, I can't even, I can't, I have nothing I can even come up with. I just like, I couldn't even think of something that Neelix would say. Something stupid, clearly. Uh, so this week we are, well, for. Hmm. Man, I'm so out of practice with this. That's all right. It's been years. (laughs) (laughs) This week we are watching Star Trek Voyager Season 1 episode, The Cloud. Oh, wait. Directed by... (laughs) Before you start, we actually... I know we got got news. I was just going to say what episode... Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, it's all over the place. It's out of control. (laughs) Oh wait! Uh, I'll tell the news when we're 15 minutes into the episode. How's that sound? <laughs> sure. Like we just break up the yeah. break up the break up the monotony. Uh, so the, the the episode Star Trek Voyager season one, the cloud, directed by David Livingston and written by Rick Berman, Michael Pillar, and Jerry Taylor. And what an um, odd one to write! It does feel like four people or three people wrote this one. Oh, well, yeah, we'll definitely get into that. I mean, yeah. it's a season one episode, you got to remember, so things are a little still wonky. But uh, before we get into the episode, Jared, since you're so excited to tell me. I am actually news. excited about this news. Actually, I am very excited about this one, too, but go ahead. So, there is a new Star Trek show coming out. I mean, who in who would have ever thought that we could utter these words over and over again every couple months? It's like an embarrassment of riches now. Yeah. Except for uh, that you hate Discovery. I'm not too big a fan of Picard anymore, either. <laughs> <laughs> so they just keep falling off. So what's the what's the new, new, new? Well, show? well. Lower Decks. Yes. And, uh, CBS has graced us with Discovery, Picard, Lower Decks, which is an adult-themed cartoon show. And then there's going to be a Nickelodeon-type cartoon show. Uh, they have decided to bless us with Star Trek Strange New Worlds. What could this show be about, Brian? Hmm. Well, let's see. Strange New Worlds. It's from the from the line from the original show, from the opening theme. And TNG. Right, but I mean, if, if you're going back to where it's from originally from, right. it's from the original show. They look like, again, I am not going <laughs> to put all my eggs in one basket on this one. Uh, a true Star Trek type show. They are uh, using Captain Pike, who was brought in on Season 2 of Discovery, and Spock and Number 1. They are going to be on the original Enterprise, and I guess they're going to be out there discovering stuff, hopefully. Like a real Star Trek show should be doing. Um, If there is one bright spot in Discovery for me, it was Anson Mount as Captain Pike and that whole crew. Uh, So I'm fairly excited about this. I just hope I they really... don't. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just hope they don't screw this up. Uh, I really enjoyed Anson Mount as Pike. I thought he did a really good job. Uh, for the all of five minutes, we may have seen Rebecca Romaine as number one. Mm-hmm. I was uh, intrigued and and would like to have seen more of her in discovery. I understand that may not have been the place for her to be, but uh I would like to see more of her in this show. I think there's a lot of room for her to actually play a a, a good role. Did you I, with Spock I could give, you know, leave or take, but whatever. It's I really liked Pike. Yeah, I the, the I forget the guy the actor's name who plays uh Pike. I think it's Ethan something. Or not Pike, uh Spock. Ethan Peck. Yeah. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't love or hate him. Um, 
But you're right. Re- Rebecca Remains uh, number one was definitely more intriguing. Um, did you? I didn't watch any of the uh, season two Star Trek shorts, did you? I did not. I keep meaning to go back and watch them, and I have not. Uh, there's there is one with uh, her and Spock, which is very weird. <laughs> it's very very weird. Um, where they're trapped on a turbo lift together. And it's just the two of them talking in the turbo lift. Uh, doing, doing like a who's on first bit? Yeah, I don't... <laughs> I, you know, I almost have to rewatch it again, because I'm not sure what they were doing with this. But they're singing in it. So you actually might like it. Mm. Uh, like there's something wrong with liking singing. I don't understand. No, I, 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 no I just merely mentioned that you like singing. <laughs> Um, I heard, I heard the disdain in your voice. As as and as far as those other uh, short tricks go, I can't even remember. Oh, there's an animated one which was kind of weird but cool. Um, and then there's one with uh, H. John Benjamin. I watched that one. Oh, you watched that one? Okay, that one was actually very good. Yeah, whatever. No, that was with the Tribbles, right? Yeah, I, I, it, it goes, it fucks canon up though. Is what annoys me about it. But whatever. I don't, I don't remember. So, I'm looking forward to this whenever it comes out in two, three years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I Like I said, I and you said it too, the, the best part of season two of Discovery was likely these characters. Um, it also connected us to the original series. And the they play, they found actors and actresses to portray them very well. So, yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to this uh, getting bastardized somehow. Yes, I can't wait to get super excited for this, and then by the end of the season go, oh man, Alex Kurtzman. <laughs> Is he tied into it too? Of course! I don't... In Hollywood, Brian, you fail upwards. <laughs> you fail upwards. No one's gonna do it like an emperor's new clothes on this guy? Like, everyone just keeps thinking he's good? I mean, there, good. there's so many rumors out there that he was, like, banned from the set of Picard because he was screwing around too much. But who knows if that's true? Because every time a new show comes out, his name is attached to it. You know? Must have some, must have some dirt on somebody. Yeah. Maybe he's got more <laughs> compromising pictures of less moon vests. Whoa! Rimshot! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so we're we're good with the news. We can move on. Yeah, that was pretty much it. All right, excellent. So, as stated earlier, we uh, spun the Dabo wheel last week and landed on uh, season one, episode I don't know five or six <laughs> of Star Trek Voyager. It's five on Netflix because Caretaker one and two are one episode. Right, but in the wiki, it was considered episode six right. because one and two. It's all. The numbering is all weird because it all depends on whether or not you count a pilot as a two-hour one episode or if you split them. So whatever. Numbering isn't as important. You can always find them by title if you really needed to. But it is season one, episode The Cloud. Yep, we quantum leaped right into the Delta Quadrant. Yes. Uh, who would we be playing the part of this week? I guess it would be Janeway, right? <sighs> would you say Janeway was the main focus of this episode? I don't know. It's this episode is like a day in the life of Voyager. It really kind of is. Like there's a it, a story, but we actually uh, we actually jumped in as the cloud. Maybe we're the cloud. <laughs> we're the cloud. <laughs> actually, so, I mean, as much as I hate Neelix, I think I jumped into Neelix for this episode because I agreed with him most of the time. Yeah, well, that that's so. That's what I was getting to in the the fact that this is a season one episode. Uh, we're only six, you know, five or six episodes in. Everyone's kind of, you know, you're you're just learning the characters. They're 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 building the characters still. They're building, you know, the the relationships and like even the ship as a character. Kind of, it's yeah. I, it's, some a, it's, it's a it's a not. I don't want to say a filler, but as far as the show goes, it's just a, yeah, it's background. It's it was an odd. It's an odd Star Trek episode. Right from the get-go, in my opinion, with Janeway's uh, log. Yes, it's, that is very odd. Yeah, it's it was very <laughs> personal, and but it, you know, a, a nice departure for the most part. Um, but not everybody felt like the characters that we know. 
to be honest with you. Like, Janeway felt a little bit off to me. Um, they were trying to layer in some stuff, I think, with Harry Kim that never went anywhere. We'll get to that part. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, but then other characters felt the same. Like, Jakote is flat. Okay, I'm used to that. Like, he, he's, like, super flat. The guy's been a statue <laughs> from episode one and he never changed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bring out the token Native American. <laughs> yeah, they wheel him out on the handcart and put him in the seat. <laughs> uh, Paris was kind of true to form. Like, there is a character, like, even though I'm not, like, a gigantic Tom Paris fan, uh, he definitely had an arc throughout the, the seven seasons, you know? Yeah. Um, Torres, same. Doctor, again, another one with a big arc. He was the same for the Doctor. He was... What I remember the early Doctor being like. Right. The first three seasons of the Doctor being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yes. I, I, I'm i like, oh, yes. This is, yes. I remember him like this. But there was a glimmer in there. Right. In this episode. There's a glimmer of what the Doctor could be and ends up being. And uh, I don't want to, I don't, I guess they were still trying to figure out Neelix's character because he is all over the place <laughs> in this episode, in my opinion. He he ends up, in this episode, coming off more of an actual personality to me than he does in, like, future episodes. Right, but by the end of the episode, he's, uh, he's, the, he's kind of the Neelix that you'll know for the rest of the season. All on board, no problems. He's the step and fetch it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the step and fetch it Neelix. And Kess is the same. T- I fucking hate Kess. Oh, I Kess. hate Kess so much. And I, at one point in time, I thought you really liked no, Kess. No, I never liked Kess. Oh. She is such... And, and again, I I listened to another podcast about Voyager. They love Kess. They think she's the most interesting character. I think she's the most boring character. She does not bring a lot to the table. Yeah, she's just so, like, flawless. It's, it's incredibly annoying. So... It's been a while since I've watched Voyager all the way through, and I forget what is the relationship between Neelix and Kess. They're dating at this point. That's it? That's I mean, obviously they're dating because they kiss in this episode, but there's no other relationship? Like, how do they How do they get together? Like, they, how are they'll they... never really mention that. Okay. Other than he knew her, and I don't know, and she fell in love with this old bastard. <laughs> right, Kat? Neelix is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Tuvix is worse than just Neelix. So the episode, uh, I, we didn't talk about like the the summary. I know we said we would read the summary from IMDb. So, or you said Netflix, but whatever. So the, no, no, I said I, IMDb because it's short and sweet. Okay. I don't even know how they. How would they describe this one? Uh, Voyager becomes trapped in a strange nebula when the crew searches for a new power source for the ship. Which okay. That is the overarching. That's, that's one of the things line. that happens. Well, that's 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 the impetus for <laughs> it's, what it's goes on. The in a. It's the A. No, I would not say that. But it is the. It's supposed to be the A story. Well, sure. It's not the impetus. I mean, the, the yeah. reason well, they get stuck in the cloud is because Janeway has got a Jones. <laughs> She's Jones for coffee. She doesn't like uh, Neelix's better than coffee coffee. That's just thick, brown sludge. Thick, gross sludge from some seeds he found. So we're setting up, obviously, Janeway's drink is coffee. I know that we that's already been set up probably in prior episodes, but we're, when Picard's got Earl Grey tea, she's got coffee. Oh, look. It's, a, it's funny. It's Every captain. captain has their own drink. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, look, it's a new captain. He's got a new drink. Um, uh, except in the discovery and stuff like that, they don't do that, do they? No, because it's hack. I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's because of what? It's hack. It's it's a silly. Oh, it's a, it's a nice. It's, tradition. it's endearing, but it's it's silly. <laughs> it's endearing and silly. I'd like to know who came up with, with Captain Archer's. Okay, we're gonna make his iced tea. <laughs> that was his. Yeah, iced tea. I don't remember. Again, it's been so long. I think you can play a drinking game on how many times you see him pour big pitcher iced tea. For some reason, I thought it was Coco. <laughs> Coco? <laughs> that would even be worse. <laughs> Give me a, a nice big pitcher of Coco. 
the softest captain in Starfleet. <laughs> he drinks cocoa and marshmallows in it on the bridge. <laughs> so, so uh, the the Voyager is rationing its power supply because they uh, have been unable to find a suitable uh, replacement or a suitable place to get I, I, something. I don't know. I don't because I have never been fully fully understood what powers these starships is it uh the uh, what are the crystals dilithium. called again i can't even, dilithium crystals is it antimatter or is it deuterium now maybe all these things power different things mm-hmm. is maybe what it is but uh i they didn't specify which one they were looking for well and let's not forget that doesn't voyager have some kind of like weird bio gel that's like wiring, though. That's not a power source. True. Okay. They have bio bio neural gel packs that uh, it's increase the speed of the computing power power and all that shit. Weird. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know, but they whatever it is that they need, they don't have. So uh, they're they're searching for a place to find some power. Uh, they are rationing power, so they're rationing uh, things that they can make through the replicator. So Neelix. You know, is the you know he's the cook. He's cooking real food. Uh, it seems like a perfect way to have a cook on board. <laughs> so you don't you can't rat you can't use the replicator. So we have to use real cook. And again, as uh, as far as power goes, I'm, I, I'm fully don't understand this because the way I thought it was is that the replicators reprocessed Mess. matter, yeah, like. Basically, they're shit. That's as far as I understood it. Yeah, because I remember there's a Deep Space Nine episode where that's brought up, where they're eating replicated food, and one guy's like, you know what this is made of, right? <laughs> um, so I figured, you know, they would have enough. But again, I don't know. But you, you're, sk- you're really skipping over the Janeway monologue and how it's very odd. I mean, feel free to throw it in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, she's kind of touring the ship, and, you know, they're talking, She's they've only been in the Delta Quadrant a couple weeks now. Um, she starts lamenting about getting close to the crew, and how she shouldn't, and uh, it's just very personal. I, I don't know if it's a personal log or a captain, it's gotta be a personal log. I would... I, I didn't really pay attention to the beginning. I would assume it's a personal log, yes. So, th- when she goes into the uh, the mess hall now, to get her coffee... And she's asking Neelix if there's coffee, and he's like, no, I got new coffee because we ran out. She's like, okay, I'll use one of my replicator rations. And here's where I'm like, Neelix, you got some fucking balls, dude. Because <laughs> he turns to Janeway, he's like, ah, Captain, that would be inappropriate. And it looked like Janeway was going to punch him in the face. Well, and that, I mean, he's not, he's not Starfleet. Right. So he's not, he doesn't care. Of course he's going to say that to her. Oh, okay, yeah, I get that. Like, he doesn't understand protocol and everything. But they have... But here's what I understand. They have replicator rations, which means that, you know, each week you can use whatever. Right. So, who cares if Janeway wants to use one of her rations to make some coffee? Frivolous. Oh, please. Frivolous. Anybody on that ship should be getting what they want. It's the captain. That's that's the... What kind of leadership is that? You're not supposed to be the leader and be like, I can do anything I want because I'm the leader. So is she never supposed to use her replicator rations? No, she's supposed to do it in the dark, in a closet, under a bed. Oh, okay. Well, then, then Janeway, <laughs> go back to your quarters and replicate a fucking cup of coffee. It's not like anyone can like read the replicator logs, right, to see who made what. Oh, someone Probably. replicated a dildo. What? Why? <laughs> the amount of things that can be brought forth from a replicator... Well, why would you ever need to do that when you have the holodecks? And we'll bring which oh, bring us around because no, I got a question. Nothing makes sense. We're rationing power. <laughs> the, the whole crew is in the fucking holodeck. It's it, it, none of it makes any sense. Um. So yeah. So Neelix says, "Hey, you should be setting an example for your crew." And you, you're right. She looks like she's gonna punch him in the face. Um. But yeah, she doesn't. Instead. She doesn't have. She opts to, to try his better than coffee. Coffee, except yeah. When the, as he pours the sludge into the cup, she uh, saved by the bell when she gets called to the bridge due to an emergency. It wasn't an yes, emergency, and then, but 
she made yeah she she did not need to go to the bridge but she went anyway right. to, to get herself out of that situation and of course then yeah so she goes to the bridge and that's they're like hey there's this cloud and there's some kind of xyz in it that could give us power the tech tech techno babble energy right we a lot of i feel like there's a lot of techno babble in this episode oh yeah um but as you said last week this is where the famous meme or line comes from because mm-hmm. she's so desperate for coffee and there's power in that cloud <laughs> that she says there's coffee in that nebula which cue the music which i like i said i had just seen the meme of there's toilet paper in that nebula dude well actually the line really i think was made famous by uh that one astronaut she took a picture of herself while she was on the space station on the uh the international space station I believe. Mm-hmm. And they were one of the ships was docking, and she's like, there's coffee on that ship or something like that. And she might have even been wearing a Voyager thing. Um, and that made it very popular. And then she got popular for being the first astronaut ever to get indicted on a crime, I believe, <laughs> while she was up in space. Which turns out she had not committed. Right. That's so... I didn't know that it got famous, be- or it became more in the zeitgeist because of her... Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I wish I could remember her name. I feel like a jerk that I can't. Yeah, but that whole indicted on a crime was fairly recent. I feel. Yeah, within this, I believe it was a few months ago, yeah. or at least that they found out that she didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, I think that was BC before COVID. Oh man, <laughs> Were, did things happen before then? <laughs> there was time moved on, and things did happen. Because I feel like I think I mean, it's been two months. I feel like sharks were a big deal. Time has no meaning. <laughs> yes, sharks were a big deal. Yeah. Um. Anyway, not enough real world nonsense. Let's talk about the fake world. Um. Mm-hmm. So they go into the nebula. Uh, they're when they're when they're when they're scanning. This is another thing you were talking about, Harry Kim, and like they're scanning the nebula, and he ex- or they they show they see the nebula, and he exclaims on the bridge. Wow! <laughs> I've never seen anything I've like never seen before. anything like that! <laughs> to which to which Tuva corrects him discreetly and says like Yeah, on the sly. Who I didn't know that you could like direct, direct message. message Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. The whole thing is weird. But tell Yeah, so he right, he exclaims, I wow, I've never seen anything like that before, and then Tuvok on the sly is like do do Ensign Kim, do not make comments like that it makes the junior officers scared or something Nervous, like that yeah. and then i was like how is it didn't harry kim just get out of the academy uh i don't remember but it, probably he looks like it yeah i mean, could have sworn um in the first episode he's like fresh out of the academy and i was like well, sh- shouldn't he be a junior officer but who knows how this shit works on these ships but then of course and like the the turnaround of Tuvok saying that he has no way to dis- to explain why the nebula is doing whatever it's doing and then Harry turns it around and says oh so you just said you've never seen anything like it before boo like it's so right so which which Tuvok should have been like you're on report I'm your <laughs> superior officer you little fuck <laughs> well but that's the thing too so then and that plays into what Janeway is saying in the beginning like we're the we're we only have ourselves so you have to get along with people right. you have to deal with the stupidity of harry kim and you know the uh, how much of a a turd tom paris might be you know because this is it this is your family you have to deal with this turd of a family there there is a lot of cracks in this episode for me as far as to say like why haven't this crew mutinied against Janeway right now? <laughs> like it's that like it's really weird, and we'll we'll get to it. Why I think that should have happened. Uh, all right. What else do we want to call out here? They go into they 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 force their way into this nebula because there's some kind of weird barrier. Turns out that the nebula doesn't want them there. I don't know. Right. I, they, I, they, I focused they, more they, on the non-nebula stuff but i want to move the story along to while these you know because well the well the nebula it's pretty simple they go inside um there's they hit a natural barrier that they 
bump up against, and then they force the ship through the barrier. And they go to get their little particles, and they can't because they're being attacked by little globules of of something. They don't know what it is, and it's sticking to the ship. And it's screwing things up, so they quickly turn around and get the hell out of there. And realize they burnt 11% of their energy doing this and got nothing to show for it. Right. Cue the next scene. Harry Kim sleeping in his bed. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) With Tom Paris standing over him. (coughs) I get it that they're supposed to be like, Paris is the bad boy of the galaxy. (laughs) But he really, yeah, he could not ring the bell. And knock on the door to wake. He had a he had a break in because he had while a, the dude was sleeping. He had a reference prison. He had. A, I, I understand that, but <laughs> I'm like, we get it, Tom. You're a bad boy. You could have not. I, I don't even know why Kim doesn't say that. Like, you could have just freaking knocked on the door, or does he? He pretty much says, like, "What are you doing, creeping around in here?" Hmm. So he wakes Harry up out of a dead sleep. Um, yeah, I didn't get this transition at all. Like, yeah, why did they do it this? Why didn't he just go to Harry? Be like, hey, I need to show you something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was meant I'd, to be like a secret or if it was like Tom was like, you know what? That Harry can really blow off. Needs to really blow off some steam. Like, I don't. Or what? Like what? What time was it? I mean, if Harry's what? sleeping, I assumed it was night. You know, but quote but what? You know. Maybe, yeah, who knows when Harry... Harry Kim probably goes to sleep promptly at 9 o'clock every night, a little turd. <laughs> <laughs> but I can only surmise that this scene where Tom breaks into Harry's room <laughs> and watches him sleep for a couple minutes and then wakes him up is to show that Harry sleeps with a... a what do you call it? Eye mask on. Yes. Only to set up the most creepiest... Scene I think I've ever seen in this show. The the hallway walk? The hallway walk and him explaining why he wears a sleep mask. Which, for the life of me now, I can't remember what he said. Somebody used to do something so, all day. So, well, he, no, no. Or, the, the, the reason he wears the mask is he says that his roommate at the academy never slept. Okay. So he had to wear the mask to because the lights were always on. Right. And then he goes, and again, I feel like they were trying to set something up here and they never did. He goes, it makes me remember when I was in my oh, mother's womb. Yes! Yes. And <laughs> and Tom turns to him and goes, remember being in your mother's room? And then uh, Harry Kim stops and very pointedly goes, and kind of literally like looks off, yes, I remember being in my mother's womb. And then they just leave and go off, and I'm like, "What?" Yeah, I re- that was. I remember when watching it, I was like, "I, I couldn't." I'm like, "Did they set something up like where he's got some kind of like didactic memory or something like that? Like he can recall things?" I'm like, "I don't remember any of that." Yeah, I think they were trying again. It's episode five, season one. I think you know they're just kind of toying around here. I think they were trying to set him up as some kind of super genius, maybe. Or something, something special about Harry Kim, and they never did. And Harry Kim just turned out to be very unspecial. Never even <laughs> got a promotion in seven years. <laughs> he is very unspecial. So they go to Tom's Hall Deck program. This was the big surprise. Yes, this is Tom why Tom wait, cre- creepily waited in his room and woke him up to a. A recreation of an old bar in Paris or a pool hall that Tom used to go to when he was in the academy, right? Yes, out of Marseille, France. And I, Shea something, I forget now. I felt like it was a little too on the nose that Tom Paris likes to hang out in a place that was in France, but I don't know. That was very weird. And this becomes a, a kind of a staple thing for Voyager. This this pool hall. Well, not just this pool hall, but them having little holodeck getaways. Which, again, makes sense given the situation they're in. Yeah. They do... I think the first couple seasons, it's the bar. Or the, the pool hall. Then it's Party Beach. 
Yes. They do there's a party beach one and then there's the stupid Irish town. I don't remember <laughs> the to. Irish town off the top of my head. Oh, I wait re- till we land on one of those episodes. I, re- I remember Party <laughs> Beach. And I remember <laughs> I definitely remember the pool hall, but I do not remember the stupid Irish town. I think there's only like two or three episodes. Like Janeway falls in love with one of the characters. Ugh. There's one where the characters think can like remember that or can see that the they're doing shit like uh like changing the holodeck and stuff like that and they think they're witches and it's <laughs> ridiculous good old filler um okay so they have the pool hall <coughs> this is my pool hall and this is where i come to unwind and of course uh every chick in the place wants tom paris even mm. when he pawns harry off on the bartender she still wants tom <laughs> it's like I mean, I guess if you're going to make a place, you know, you're, you're going to make it so everyone wants, you know, you're going to bang everybody, right? Yeah, and I, I listen, I understand within the constraints of a show why you would want to, you know, you built a set. We're going to use this one a few times. But, I mean, seriously, with a holodeck, would you go to the same place every fucking day? I mean, yes. If you are out in space and you get homesick for a particular place, you absolutely would go back to that same place. Right, but I mean, for th- two, three years? Yeah. I, I mean, I would change it up and be like, hey, I'm going to go to a different bar. <laughs> but you will have had to have made the bar before you went. No, he, he recreated that while they were there. He had to. Tom Paris wasn't part of that crew. He recreated it from his own knowledge and from history. Like, he would, wouldn't have the knowledge of the people that were in bars other places. Like he, I mean, yes, it could be another place that he hung out that he had. Well, I'm talking, I'm of. talking, about, I'm talking about like other people. Like Harry Kim, I'd be like, uh, I'm gonna make my favorite bar, the Womb. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is my getaway spot, Tom Harris. I like to suck on ambiotic fluid. In here. <laughs> <laughs> this is real weird, Harry. <laughs> Here, wear this mask, Tom. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, so they're hanging out in this this pool hall, and you get introduced to everybody. Uh, and the uh, the billiard the the pool shark is a guy who had been a pool shark in a New York pool hall, but they put he put him in here, played in by fifties um, character actor who I can never remember who he is, but he's always the lawyer from Billy Madison, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can that's remember. Where I, that's, a, that's where I remember yeah, him from. But he, I know he's been in other things, too. Yeah, he's been in tons of stuff. This whole... And this whole scene and everything in here is just to layer in this bar for future episodes. Yeah. Because nothing important happens. No. In the bar. No, I mean, why would it? It's a holodeck program. It's 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 It's... Just to say, this is the getaway. This is where we're gonna... We're introducing it for... Yeah. Right, but I'm, but I'm saying, like, not only is this, like not connected to the A story, it's a story that goes in nowhere. And they spend a lot of time on it. Mm, well, it's, it is to set up Harry inviting the captain there later. I guess so. It re- that's what it's about. Is They're setting it up so it's a place where Tom and Harry will bring other people. Uh, and the whole storyline about I shouldn't be... Uh, fraternizing with the crew, and then there's earlier in the episode when they're in the when she goes to get the coffee, Harry tries to invite her over to the table, and Tom's like, "What are you doing, stupid? We don't invite mm-hmm. the captain. The captain invites us." So yeah, that's, that's what this whole episode is about: is about the interactions between the crew and showing that the captain's going to end up having to fraternize with these people. She's stuck with them for seven years. Right, she doesn't know that yet, but we do. <laughs> so that's what this whole episode's about, even though it's. This nebula and all this other I guess that's true. So, uh, what they realize that the nebula, the things attacking them, were actually oh, we're 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 skipping over something. What? I don't know when this happens, but I'm pretty sure it's before they realize this. Is Chakotay and Janeway oh, and the medicine bundle? Sake, <laughs> Another out of nowhere. Like why? Why did he even start talking to her about this? I don't remember what the reasoning was. I don't remember what the reasoning was either. Um, he, he he gets on it though. He's, he all of a sudden he just turns around. And he's like, "Well, my people talk to spirit animals to get this." Now, before we get started on this Chicote shit, <laughs> all right, <laughs> it is worth noting that they hired an expert 
back in the day by the name of Jamake Highwater to serve as a uh, a consultant for Native American ancestry and history for Chakotay. Yeah. Right? This guy was a con man uh, <laughs> and not really a Native American. Amazing. Um, he, he got outed out. He got outed. Here's the weird part. He was outed before they hired him. Like, and he got outed in the, in like the eighties and they hired him in 93. So it was pretty controversial. Now, the, <laughs> it's never really mentioned what tribe or anything like that of what, where Chakotay was from, mm-hmm. but apparently none of it was real. Everything that he talked about was not real shit. <laughs> it was kind of made up or homogenized or stolen from different things. And they kind of drop it by around season three. It is he, This medicine bundle does pop up a few more times. And the uh, Hukuchi, Hukuchi Mora, we are far from the bones of our... All that shit's bullshit. <laughs> right? Um, but it's it's never really brought up again around season three. Like, never does he pull the bundle out. Never does he do any of this shit. But here's the part where I'm thinking to myself, how are they not (laughs) mutinying against Janeway? Because when they first go into the nebula, they immediately cut to Neelix and Kess in the, uh, uh, the mess hall. Right. And Neelix gets real indignant about human beings and Starfleet, mm-hmm. where he's like, what the fuck is this crazy bitch doing? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just him and Kesson there. And they're flying through the nebula and the ship's shaking. He's like, and like, he starts doing like his mocking voice. He's like, we gotta go to every freaking thing and check out every goddamn thing, right? <laughs> and I'm kind of like, yeah, like, I'm kind of with you on this one. Why is Janeway doing this? Um, well, uh, granted, they, I mean, they were trying to get the uh, the energy particles. But they do investigate a lot of anomalies on this show. For no, out of their way, going all kinds of wacky shit. Not to mention that Janeway is the one who stranded everybody there. Well, they're, they're probably... I mean, the, I, they're a science vessel. Of course they're going to see things on the way home on the... On the uh... If it's listen, if it's route, on, I already know it's taking them, you know, until they're dead to get home. If it's en route, maybe, but they stop and do a lot of dumb shit. So, and the reason I bring this up is so Neelix is bitching and moaning about this, and just very out of character for the Neelix that you will get to know over the next seven years. He's like, these human beings are dummies, and blah blah blah, and this and that, and then of course, perfect Kess, flawless Kess is like. If I were the captain, I would open up every nook and cranny and blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. What do you know? You're a year old. <laughs> and then she kisses that oh, rat face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so unappetizing. I don't know. I've never kissed anybody on Nebula. Oh, God. Yeah. Q, you'll never see Kess for the rest of the episode. <laughs> um, but... I believe, while they are trying to navigate their way through this fucking nebula, is when Janeway starts getting super excited with Chakotay about the friggin' spirit animal. While they're like in she, the nebula? Yeah, I think they're navigating to get to the barrier, and he's ranting and raving about the spirit animal, and she's like, he guides you well? Like, what do you, you, you buy this shit, Janeway? I just assume it's all because she doesn't have coffee. And she's just like, <laughs> whatever. I'll take whatever I can right. get. She's just like, get my mind off this coffee and fucking show me some spirit animals. If I can't have coffee, can I can I have your peyote simulating machine? <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's like way into it, like way into it. And I'm thinking, if I'm like, not only am I just like, say I'm a junior officer and I'm walking by and I'm like, wow, the ship's shaking. We're, we're, you know, this nebula could kill us or we don't know what's going on. And this bitch is talking about spirit animals and and, and shit and with a big smile on her face. And if I'm a Maquis, remember, this is a mixed crew. Right. Oh, man. Over that day, mutiny. 
<laughs> Turn this ship around. We are going straight home. <laughs> St- stop looking at every nook and cranny. Well, because there's a... So you're talking about when Neelix does that in the galley and it's just him and Kess. He goes to Janeway. Well, that's later. Right, but I mean, like that's the real capper. Yeah, that is. Because he goes to Janeway and it's not like... In private, right? He's there's other people. No, 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 no. He no, no. He goes into her uh, ready room. Oh, I for some reason I thought it was there was another person or two around. Like, what was Chakotay there? No, no, it was just her. Oh, well, she shuts that shit down hard. Oh my god, on him. When he's when like, I'll like, take my ship. I'll take my ship, and I'll I'll, I'll hang out on the other side, waiting for you to come back from the nebula. I don't want to be any part of this. <laughs> and she's like, "Fuck you! You signed up for this. This is what you signed up for when you got on this ship." We're not going to be I like, letting you off every time we do something dangerous. I like it, too. She's like, you're more than welcome to leave, but buckle up because you're going in now. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, huh? And she says about Jonah and the whale. Is that what yeah, something, yeah <laughs> now, something like that. Is it Jonah? That. I can't remember. She says something. It is Jonah and the whale because when he walks out, he's like, whale? Yeah. Jonah? <laughs> but I love it when she's like, you're more than welcome to get the fuck off my ship when we get out of here, but you're going in now. Yeah. And then when she gives him the, you're dismissed, and he's like, huh? And she's like, that's Starfleet for get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Now, see, this would have been a perfect time, too, because I know we waited until Discovery season, you know, whatever, in Picard for them to actually start dropping F-bombs in the Star Trek universe. But this would have been a perfect time. Oh, yeah. For her to be like, that's Starfleet for get the fuck out. Yeah, if this was Discovery... (laughs) That that's what how that would have panned out, but we don't get to that later because now uh, again, so they they realize that the shit on the side of the uh, ship that was hitting them in the nebula is uh, organic. Yes, so they figure it's a bio defense. Of that. right, they they go to the doctor. The doctor gets the doctor was pretty good in this episode because mm-hmm. he is such a dick. For no reason. <laughs> like he like so Torres brings in the material and he's kind of leading her to the answer, and then she gives the wrong answer, and he's like, You were so close. Yeah. <laughs> you dummy. He has always been my favorite character from this show. Oh yeah, he's the, the standout. Yeah. Um, so they figure out that the nebula is a living being and that they busted through its skin. And went inside it and tried to suck out its blood or something. So in true Starfleet fashion, and again, here's another one where I probably would have mutiny. They're going back in. Right. To fix it. And I would have been like, hey, we made a mistake. Okay, can we move on? I'm sorry. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? We're going back into this thing? Well, the thing's going to die if they don't fix them. They think. Sorry. Yeah, oops. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know for sure. Oops, our bad. Yeah, that's what I put... Again, that's me. I'm not as enlightened. You're not a captain. Right. And with that attitude, you never will be. (laughs) But you need... But see, what you need to keep in mind is that just two weeks ago, Janeway stranded them in the Delta Quadrant 70 years from home. Now, it's two weeks later, three weeks later, and she's like, we're going to go back and put the ship in danger. Like, someone has got to go, are you nuts? You've already, have you already screwed us? Now you're going to kill us? Well, I don't know. I don't know. That's the captain's prerogative. Like yeah, you said, they're I mutiny, mean, right. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, listen, I get it. It's a Star Trek show. You, you, you're not going to do a Star Trek show where Chakotay's the captain, the Maquis captain, and the Starfleet people have to adapt to them. <laughs> although I, you know, although that would have been interesting. That would be an interesting show. <laughs> Just enough um, non-stop medicine bundles. <laughs> Everybody's high on fake peyote. <laughs> we never even finished the medicine bundle crap because... No, no, because it hasn't come back yet. Oh, God. Because, so they decide to go back in. The doctor figures this out. That, this is when Neela confronts the captain and she tells him to fuck off. That's when Chakotay walks in with the fucking medicine bundle. When they're prepping for this shit. And I'm like, you got time for this, Janeway? Because Chakotay puts the bundle down. He's like, 
we're doing it now. And she's like, now? And he's like, now. And she's like, now! <laughs> and I'm like, now? <laughs> you can't do this later? <laughs> so that's when Janeway goes on her trip. <laughs> with the with the fake peyote simulator. Yeah, and the rock I, from the river. I and love the that. Eagle. Like the, we're, we don't make the, the drug anymore. We just have this technology that simulates it. Beep, bop, bloop. Yeah. Weird. That apparently you can just shake yourself out of real easily if you want to. Um, but what's more hilarious is that it's all horse shit. <laughs> right. Which I've never heard before. That's... I don't know. Again, some of it might be true, but like for all I know where he's like, oh, you, we can't, you can't say what animal you see. Like, that's horse shit. Maybe that's bullshit. I don't know. The guy was from Argentina. <laughs> he wasn't Native American. <laughs> so, Jamie goes on a trip. This has adds nothing to the episode at all. Well, let me posit this. Okay. She goes on her spirit journey to find her spirit animal. And what is her spirit animal that she can't tell Chakotay about? Looks like a salamander. Which, again... Which... Was it a... Go ahead. It was a salamander, right? Yeah. Was it a lizard oh, or a salamander? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're, you're probably thinking the same thing I thought when I saw it. When, which she just happens to turn into? Yep. Yeah. And bang punt Tom Paris and have babies with? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you think they knew this was going to happen? They were going to make the worst episode of Star Trek ever? And we're like, well, we're going to plant this seed for season three or whatever, or two, whenever that I happens. I mean, it's, it, it, I feel like it's a weird coincidence if that's not the case. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a coincidence, but it, it, I'd rather believe it's not. Whose spirit animal would be a goddamn lizard? I don't know. I don't know. And then just we're not allowed to, to talk about it. Anyway, it, I just thought it was odd. <laughs> so I wish it started talking to her. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> it's like Janeway, stop going into nebulous. <laughs> so, so she's interrupted, and that's when uh, Torres walks in and mentions some gobbledygook techno babble. Yeah, like I said, there's a lot of uh, techno babble. Health, biology, techno babble. Then after that, mm-hmm. but the, oh, we gotta fix the X Y Z by doing the blah de blah. So they decide that they're gonna go back in. They do their nick and nick do. <laughs> like it's it's so just a, I don't know. They, I don't know. They they changed the the beam to suture the hole they came through, and they were able to get out. And, yeah, it's just all techno babble yeah. shit. It's nothing. It's really nothing interesting, other than that the ship is in danger of not being able to get out of the uh, the uh, the barrier or whatever. Right. Once they've but once they are fixing it. One noteworthy thing about this scene, though, is it's got some classic Doctor because they have him on the screen in the back, and Janeway yes. mutes him. It's amazing. And yeah, and <laughs> they got. They got a joke running in the background and like important information going in the in the foreground, and uh, you see the doctor waving on the screen and like looking around, getting pissed off because he has relevant information for them. <laughs> it was it was great, um, classic. And I and I was wondering too when I was watching that, like when they brought this role or when Robert Picardo took this role, they were like. You're gonna play this character, and you never leave this room. Because I'm sure at that point, I mean, I'm sure they would be like, "Well, sometimes we'll be able to get you out for under certain circumstances, but for the most part, you'll be in this room the whole time." Right? You're a hologram. You like, can be in holodeck. Yeah, it's like an, an interesting acting thing to be like, "Well, well, okay." <laughs> um, so as they're going into the nebula and all this, this is another wacky thing that happens. Who comes busting through the door, bringing hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. What? <laughs> <It's Neelix. laughs> Who dubs himself, dubs himself the morale officer at that point. Right, which is, again, like, how do we get this guy on the bridge? <laughs> yeah, how does he get up there during a situation like this? He's the morale officer. Oh, did he just access the computer and be like, hey, I'm the morale officer now. I have full access to everything. He came up to the The door and told the guards. He's like, I'm the morale officer. Let me in. (laughs) With two (laughs) trays of food. (laughs) Fucking guess. So 
Neil comes out and everyone's like, what is going on? And he's like, I have this and that. You got to try this. It's amazing. Now, what is interesting about this scene? It's very odd for, for modern day Star Trek, but I've seen some old episodes of the original series. Mm-hmm. And there is sometimes someone on the bridge with a tray with paper cups serving drinks to these people. On the original series. On the William Shatner, Spock and yeah. McCoy original series, there's sometimes there's like a yeoman or something in a Starfleet uniform with a tray with paper cups handing out like coffee or whatever. To the, I've seen at least two episodes where that happened. Okay. So I was like, I guess it's not so out of the ordinary that someone could pop on the bridge and start serving drinks. But it's but, probably, <laughs> for not, modern it's probably an enlisted... Man, an enlisted officer, though, not a fucking jabroni that they picked up. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> I mean, if you, I mean, if you, they give Neelix a lot of fucking leeway on this ship. Like, again, because I've watched these episodes over and over again. You know, like the whole thing with the galley and all that shit like that? That was the captain's private mess hall. Yeah. I mean, and I he remember, just I took it, yeah, he just takes it over without asking. <laughs> he doesn't like present an idea to the captain like she walks in one day and he's cooking shit up <laughs> and there's later episodes where like they go on away missions and like Neelix is fucking in charge of the, <laughs> of the away mission really? yeah and like Starfleet officers are taking orders from him and I'm like what the fuck <laughs> it's like the people who were writing this episode were on a spirit journey and taking peyote. Yeah, because like you said, every it time, is all over the place. It's very weird. Yeah, and every every time Neelix orders somebody around, Harry Kim's in the background, like I still can't get a promotion. <laughs> I gotta take orders from this cat person. <laughs> I I just kept thinking about him every time I kept watching him talk. I'm like, God, this guy must hate it. Like, I, I mean, another character actor who's been in a bunch of stuff, right? Um, but just be like, does he know that he's the worst character on the show? I, I I mean, I'm sure there's Neelix lovers out there, but damn, if I had to pick the most useless character, it's got to be him. With a Harry, Harry Kim as a close second? At least Harry can do some technical shit. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they fix the nebula... And they find another planet they're going to go to for the energy instead. And the show, the episode ends with them in... Go, well, Harry's going to Tom's holodeck bar and invites the captain with him. The end. Pool hall bar <laughs> slash brothel. <laughs> but it's not just the captain and Harry and Tom. It's Bellana and... Chakotay and some randos. Yeah. But at this point, all the... The, the guy is hitting on Bolana and she tells Tom that he's an asshole, basically, for programming this guy this way. Oh, yeah, when he gives her the old, treat a lady like a tramp and a tramp like a lady, yeah. and you'll always get... <laughs> Which I'm assuming Tom's fucking all these chicks? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Okay. I, I said that earlier. Like he, it, the, the one woman in there clearly wants him, and the bartender wants him and says she's had him, and... Like, whoever other... I mean, they don't really show many other women in there, but clearly every other woman in there is probably programmed to just go after Tom. And again, I don't know how Janeway doesn't walk in and go, hey, shut this shit down, we're trying to save energy. That's what I didn't understand the entire episode. Yeah. The entire episode, they're talking about rationing power, and here they're fucking powering this holodeck nonstop. And that made me think that maybe that's why Tom originally went to Harry in the middle of the night, because he wasn't supposed to be running a holodeck program because of the power situation. <laughs> so he's going to put the ship at risk to get a little poontang and say it's, some... It's Tom Paris. It's appara- you never know. And apparently, uh, that, there was another part in the beginning too. Where they, there's so many things with the holodeck I don't understand, but uh, they're about to drink some wine and Harry's like, oh, it gives me heartburn. And he's like, it's holographic wine. Don't worry. I'm like, so do they ingest holographic wine and then when they shut it off, it leaves their stomach? <laughs> I know, there's so many things. <laughs> None of it makes any sense. 
Now, someone out there might there there maybe there's some techno babble bullshit about holodecks that they don't use as much power or they're reconstitute. Who the hell knows? Or it's I, from I, a I mean, different power source than the engines. Yeah, but I figure if you can't replicate a cup of coffee without getting shit from Neelix, you cannot run a full bar. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Well, you would think too in the in the holodeck that anything that food wise would be replicated. You think that that's they would what work I that assume? In. Like it's a replicated food in the holodeck, and they just bring out the replicated food. I don't. Know. The, here's what I understand. And again, I I'm, as I know a lot about Star Trek, but I don't know a lot about the tech shit. I know that the transporters, the replicators, and the holodeck are all fundamentally based off the same technology, sort of. Uh, isn't it? Isn't the holodeck like solidified? Light? Well, Isn't it's it like... light. It's light and force fields. They say, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but uh, but somehow that's also based off of transporter technology, which I believe in replicated stuff is too, because you're you're reconstituting matter. You could technically put a pair of boots into a replicator and turn that into a cup of coffee. Here's here's a thought for you. <laughs> Since you're saying <sighs> that the replicator and the this is we're way off topic now, but whatever. But it's the end of the episode. Nothing yeah. important happens here. We're talking about uh, the transporter and the replicator being based off the same technology. Right. So we're saying that the replicator just takes mass of whatever and turns it into food. But you're, right. you're, we're saying shit. Now, theoretically, it could be that as the starship moves through space, it collects space dust, which is you know matter, and turns right. that into food. Could be anything. But, right, but what if? What if the transporter doesn't actually transport, but it makes a copy? Oh, that's that's a big theory in Star Trek, and it destroys. Which is, a, it's not the first time that I've right. heard it. Right, but what if it makes a copy and it destroys the original or the one that was going through, but mm-hmm. then turns that into food? Well, it still needs matter, though, to, to reconstitute a, a duplicate of yourself. Right, but though. you're possibly eating the matter that was prior another person. Now, granted, I guess that's not worse than eating matter that was do- dookies. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they, take, they take a little bit of you each time and be like, well, we're, you know, we're going to take like 5% of your body mass. There's, you a, there's a great story. Uh, I think it was at the beginning of a series, uh, an, a novel, and for the life of me now, I cannot remember the name of it, but it was uh, somebody creates teleporter technology, and but they somebody finds out that it actually isn't a teleporter; it's a copy machine. And the protocol that was supposed to destroy the copy when you go through got screwed up due to a terrorist attack on one of the terminals, and this guy gets copied, and his his original doesn't get destroyed. So there's two of them out there. Oh, and they start living completely different lives. The one, the one knows he's a copy and the one doesn't, the one does thinks that the machine just didn't work. Right. So he didn't actually go anywhere. Oh, for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of this. It's like the prestige. Right. It, yeah. Uh, spoilers, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If you haven't seen this 20 year old movie, <laughs> um, I have this story here. God damn it. What is the name of it? It's right on the tip of my tongue. Oh, the punch escrow. It's called the Punch name. Escrow. If you ever want, to, I believe it's the beginning of a multiple story series. But if anybody wants to check out the Punch Escrow, it's very interesting. But anyway, way off course. Uh, just something that came to my mind when you were talking about those technologies right. being interconnected. Uh, end of the episode. Boy, I think I felt like this went longer than we thought it was going to. <clears throat> well, there's just so many different threads in this one. Hmm. You know, I agree. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to stretch it out any further. Well, okay. So to, to wrap it all up, Harry invites Janeway to the bar. She she uh, she suckers everybody by pretending not how to play pool, and then knows how to play pool. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and everybody smiles and gets a good laugh, and it's a freeze frame. Yeah, like <laughs> jumping in the air, kind of freeze frame. Yeah. And it says produced by Rick Berman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so that's the end of that episode. Now we're going to spin the Dabo wheel to find out what... Well, what, what are your final thoughts? Did you like it? Did you hate it? 
it's uh, it's clearly an early episode of a series. Uh, you're still learning the people. It was fine. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't really memorable. Yeah, I'll give you that. It was that. average. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate middle. it. I didn't hate it. No. I, if somebody plunked me down to watch this episode again, I'd be like, well, all right, fine. <laughs> I'd be like, does anything interesting ever happen to this ship? Or they just wander around? You get to watch Janeway at... shut Neelix down, which was... That was the, probably the best scene. <laughs> it probably was the highlight of the episode. <clears throat> so, all right, let's spin that wheel. Spin the double wheel. Dicka, 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 dicka. That will always be the sound effect. You know what you could do? Instead of spinning the wheel, we could always do the quantum leap noise instead. <laughs> uh, well, we are going to visit our friends on Starship Enterprise again. Which Enterprise? Next Generation Enterprise. Okay, well, there's this other Enterprise show. <laughs> That's true. Sorry. All right, so we're back in TNG. We are back at TNG. We are watching TNG Season 5, Episode uh, 12, Violations. Ugh. Oh, no. <laughs> Yo, I think this is a mind rape episode. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> uh. I, I'm pretty sure it is a Deanna Troy episode. No. <laughs> I see her name in the description. Uh, I see her mother's name. So, uh. oh no, Loxana Troy's in this one too. Yes. <laughs> Is this the one where she's? Isn't there one where she starts like losing her mind or losing her? Uh, for some reason, I thought that Loxana starts losing her mind. In some episode, I could be. The, yeah, there is one where it turns out there was a daughter that died. No, but she's she's doesn't isn't there a, a storyline with Lexana that her em, empathetic, empathetic? Oh my god, <laughs> empathic <laughs> empathic abilities start going haywire because she's getting that's old a, and she's like that's pushing. A, it's, it's on Deep Space Nine. Oh, that's that on happens. Deep Space Nine. Yeah, where she starts like invading other people's like feelings and thoughts and shit her 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 emotions start getting imprinted on other people and everybody starts like bet trying to bang each other yeah uncon- it's actually unconsciously. a pretty it's i think it's called fascination is the episode it's actually pretty good hmm. i thought that and that's actually that's it, what this was All right. and believe it or not that is the episode where the term caldor joy is coined <laughs> oh jesus christ bring it all <laughs> around I would much rather watch that than a mind rape episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's unintentional mind rape. This is <laughs> saying this is malignant mind rape. Uh, All right, so season five, episode twelve, TNG. If it's not twelve, it's the name is Violations. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just the turn, just the title. Ugh. Ugh. Al, get me out of here. Bleep bloop bleep bloop. All right, we're mixing our we're mixing our shows. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. If you have uh, any comments, please feel free to leave them on our website, theprimedefective.com, or you can reach out to us on Twitter at theprimedef. We are also a member of the soon-to-be-named network. You can uh, I don't know apparently reach us there, and uh, yeah, shoot us uh, shoot us a line. Let us know if you like the episode or what you felt about this week's episode, and uh, prepare to watch Violations next week. Yeah. Have fun. And I dare you to defend Neelix in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, until then, Caldor Joy, Jared. Joel on true, Brian. There's coffee in that nebula. Personnel report to stations. Yellow alert. Now what? Neelix, did you? We're very busy up here, Neelix. What do you need? This yellow alert business, I was just starting to Sorry. Serve. We found out that the nebula is actually a life form, and we've got to go back in to repair some damage we did to it. So, Cote out. Go back in? Hello? Well, that's it. I've had it. Neelix. No. I'm going to the captain about this. Come in. Captain, I understand that this nebula we've discovered is some kind of monster? Not a monster, Neelix, but it is a life form. Excuse me if I sound crazy, because someone may have been playing a joke on me, but you aren't planning to take us back into the belly of this beast, are you? No joke. Why? Because we heard it, and we have to help it recover. 
I did not come on board this ship to be a veterinarian, Captain. And I thought you were a man of unlimited talents. I just reached my limit. So if you don't mind, Kess and I will wait on board my little vessel for you to return. All our crews are busy preparing for this mission. I'm not pulling them off their duties to prepare your ship for launch. And I'm not going to drop you off on the side of the road every time we hit a bump. When we're finished, if you want to leave, that's your business. But for the moment, find yourself a seat with a good view. Because just like Jonah and the whale, you're going in. Is that final? Dismissed. That's a Starfleet expression for get out. Jonah. Well, 